0: Well, for a few weeks, probably at least through July, we're going to do some summer reruns. And that we're just going to, I'm going to minister on and rerun some things we've already taught. And uh, last week we ministered from something we taught starting the first part of June last year in 2020 on true authority. And tonight, um, just kind of picking and choosing, there was about, I think, eight or nine of those messages, and just picking a couple of them, maybe a third one next week, and and just talking about the real authority that we have in Christ, the true authority that we have in Him. Um, In Luke 9 and 1... Jesus said this, and he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Read that again. He called his twelve disciples together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Demon spirits and what is wrong in people's bodies go hand in hand. You really can't separate it. And I want to clarify that for a minute because it's important that we do. Because there's, there's a lot of weak ideas out there about the authority that we have over demons and then there's some real strange ideas out there about demons, my opinion. And so I want to just give you a little bit of clarity and explanation regarding demons. <clears throat> As I was growing up in the church world and growing up from day one, I, I didn't know anything about God till I was 18 and then got born again, and then got under the Word and, and teaching that taught me the Word and about the person of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, um, you know, there were a lot of, quote, spiritual, emotional, um, a demon under every rock kind of people that were around. And... Um, you know, I didn't, I mean, I was young, I didn't know any difference. I just figured, well, okay, I guess that's the way it is, you know. So, I mean, everybody casting devils out of everything that was moving, you know. I mean, it was like everything. If you looked at somebody strange, you got a demon, you know. <clears throat> and, and I mean, and yet, and yet, when you when you boil down in Scripture, because y- y- you try to make up for yourself what he's talking about concerning demon spirits, you try to make that up on your own and you're going to fail. In a huge way, you will fail. And you will get beat up by the devil because he has no ability and power to overcome our lives except where we're ignorant. Son of God was manifested to destroy every work of the enemy, every single work of the enemy. He's defeated. He's been destroyed. But he takes advantage of for the lack of a better way to say it, stupid people. People that are ignorant. that don't understand truth. I I don't mean stupid like they're stupid as individual people, but they're ignorant of the revelation of God's Word. So he takes advantage of people that don't know. The Bible even actually calls them Stupid people. People that are ignorant. And we're all ignorant to some at at some at some stage of life. We're all ignorant of of the word of God. The, The way I'm saying that it sounds mean or cruel, but it's not. It's just the truth. And the enemy will take advantage of you because of what he knows. See, he's he was the ultimate archangel in heaven he was in the presence of god in heaven he understands truth so he takes advantage with the truth and he perverts it and tries to use it against people and so if the enemy if the enemy is using truth and knowledge to try to defeat us then where the demonic battle is is in the mind I'm not saying that, there's not, that it doesn't work its way into people's bodies and there's those type of demon possessions and, and several of them that we see in Jesus' ministry. And they're real and they're out there. But that's, that's not predominantly what we deal with. We deal with demonic thoughts and ideas in the soul of man. So, when you're acting out in the flesh, you know, ungodly way, I promise you that it is influenced by demonic mental control of some form or another, based on the knowledge of something in your past that the enemy has influenced you with, and we need to be able to overcome. because. I want to read this again. He said, then he called the 12 disciples to the, together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Well, those original, by this time, as we've read this, when we were reading this series, or when we were on this series and reading a lot of different scripture, there were the original 12. And then there were 70 that he gave the same authority to, so there were 82, and then anybody and everybody that was added to, he gave the same authority to, because he's no respecter of person. No matter what you've ever been taught, the 12 were not, are not enshrined in heaven. No, thank God for them. Everybody say, thank God for the 12. Amen. I mean, thank God for the Apostle Peter and the things that he wrote to us. The Apostle Paul was not one of the original twelve, but he was one of those in the early days after the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He was one of those, and so we're one of those. We're all one of those. We're all those who have accepted and received Jesus, and we've been given authority over all demons, all demons, did he say that, and we've given a, been given authority the authority and the dominion to cure all diseases. So think about that for a minute. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 and verse 19. Ephesians 1, starting with verse 16, is the prayer that we pray, that we encourage you to pray and to pray over other people and yourself. And, um, but in verse 19 he says, It's kind of the end, verse 19 starting there is the end of that prayer. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. This is what has to do with us. So when He sat at the right hand of the Father and it was said that it was finished, this is what happened far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And He was, and, and he was given that authority over, over everything that has a name. He said, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in, in that which is to come. And He, the Father, put all things under His feet, Jesus, and gave Him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all of us. So, all authority, all dominion, authority over everything that has a name was given to Him and He gave it to us. Say that, I have all authority. So, the reason that we pray the three verses, four verses of Scripture right before that. I ask that we all be, or or, um, I do not cease to make mention of this in my prayers, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, give to each and every one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding would be open and enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance as children of God, and what the exceeding greatness of His power is, and the way I word it from one translation is, the exceeding greatness of His power is to us who believe the Word of God. So, this morning about 9.30, I got a phone call from a friend of mine that I've known for Probably, let's see, close to 40 years, actually over 40 years, a friend of mine that I've known for over 40 years. And um, he called me and I could just tell in his voice something was up. And he said, um, I went to the doctor the other day for a checkup and he said, um, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock, I'm getting a triple bypass having triple bypass surgery, they're opening me up, and um, one of the main arteries, one of his main arteries has been damaged, something's wrong with it. And you know, I could just, he didn't go into all that was said about it, but I could hear the, the fear in his voice, you know, you can hear fear, you know. Anybody ever had a report that fear gripped you with? Anybody? I mean, it's just that, that's what happens. Fear comes with those kind of reports. I, I can't tell you. I mean, this has happened to me time and time and time and time again. I cannot tell you. I don't, I don't even know the words to say about. Partly how privileged I feel, how honored, how humbled that I have the power to speak something that's going to raise that guy out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you hear me talk about it. I probably, I, I'm, maybe I, I'll, I'm doing trying to do better in talking about it because I'm not trying to say something about me in the fact that I pray for you every day. But I'm I'm trying to get every one of you to see the importance of us putting the word out there. And that's why I want this example to be driven home tonight about the authority that we have. I've prayed every day for this friend of mine, probably, probably at least for four years, maybe longer. I've prayed for him and his family every day. And they've gone through a a lot of difficult things. But this morning, I was able to say this. When he told me everything and the possibilities of certain things happening or whatever, I said this. I pray for you every day I've never missed in, in at least four years. And the things that I pray for you Are words from the Word of God that are out there working on your behalf. And I said, so here comes this report, and I'm just telling you, I'm in faith for your health. And, I mean, he's definitely not a crier, but I could hear his voice breaking up. But on the other side of the breakup, I could hear faith rising on the inside of him. Because I told him something that, you know, we started our families and our lives years ago and and we all started in the word and raising our kids and they were he and his wife were a couple and they've been divorced since and things didn't work out and they kind of got away from the word and got away from doing and understanding it, and they've been getting he's he's been getting back into that over the last few years. And and so, you know, his faith level has not been—it's growing, increasing in his life. But when he heard me say that—that that I pray for him every day—and I, I, I'm just saying, the words are already out there working for you. And I said, "Are we in agreement that the doctors are anointed? The surgery will be will will go smoothly." Are we in agreement for no complications and a speedy recovery? Man, he said, yeah, man, I'm on top of that. I'm in agreement with you on that. You remember our healing series? Jesus would say to them, your faith has made you whole. It was just one of those those times where I saw, where I was so grateful that I believed in what I was saying. And that what I said as a result of my actions, my daily routine that never stopped, that's when these situations come your way, not because you're looking for them, but when they come, faith is coming out of the inside of you, and it lifts another person's faith to another level, and they receive. That's what caused the woman with the issue of blood to be healed. She believed he had faith. She believed he believed what he said. And he said, your faith has made you whole. What was her faith in? That what he said was true. My friend this morning, when he heard me say what I said, he believed I believed what I said. And I believe what I say because it's already out there. I do it. It's not something, and he even said to me, so, like, we're not, like, grasping for something, right? And I said, right, we're not grasping for Scripture. We're not, we're not trying to, to, you know, pump our faith up, you know, and, and, and really prime that pump, you know, and get it going. No, no, you, you, it's, it's, it's in times like that that if you don't have that, there's no time like the present to start that, But you can't manipulate God into making something happen that's not from real faith. It's not some magic game show. You push the right button and you get what, you know, no. It's something you believe in. And the authority that Jesus received because of his obedience to the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father and say, this is finished, now representing you and I in all authority, all dominion, all power, anything with a name, he is above that name. And I have right and access to the name to receive and, 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 and implement in my life and other people's lives the truth of that. How awesome is God? Huh? But we have to do this and live this way on purpose. It won't just happen. We have to live this way on purpose. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. It's simple, (laughs) but it's not easy. I'll say it again. It's simple, but it's not easy. Can you say amen? True authority lies in your awareness of the living word. True authority lies in your awareness of the living word. What has real power and authority is me speaking what he says when I'm challenged to accept something else based on the way it looks and the way it appears, the way something seems to be. When I'm challenged to believe that, true authority comes from me declaring what he says is so. That's where it will come to your life. It doesn't happen automatically because you say one thing, but the saying is the key to coming to the place where I really believe that I have that authority. And again, it comes from daily speaking the Word of God so that it strengthens the mind muscle right? Summer comes and you want a beach body, and you're not doing anything to create the beach body? No beach body. Why? Because you didn't work the body and the muscles, right? Talked about it, saw everybody else doing it, thought it was a good thing, saw it on Facebook. Yeah, you know, I think I'll do that. Never did it. Didn't work. Well, the mind's a muscle also you don't work the mind muscle, you know what that means? zero authority. Why? Because you don't believe you have it because all the stuff in your mind's talking you out of it. Telling you you can't do that. Oh, you know that. I mean, you know that, that that's just that's just overdone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Believing in authority is overdone. I promise you it is. It's overdone in the minds of people out there. To God it's a normal way of life to live in the authority that God has given us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> I want to read this story to you out of Luke 4. <clears throat> I love this. Just, it's, just a, it's just a story of authority about what Jesus did. It says, then he went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. This is Luke 4 and verse 31. He went down to capernaum a city of galilee and was teaching them on the sabbath and they were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice saying let us alone now Let's look at that. I want to explain something about this. He said, in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in, thrown him in their midst. It came out of him and did not hurt him. Now, maybe this is a weak example, but I want to say it like this. People that you, you see somebody on the street and they look like they're crazy. Ten times out of ten, what are they doing? They're talking to themselves. That's a good answer right there. (laughs) That's my wife. (laughs) 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 Ten times out of ten, they are talking to themselves. Okay? And don't don't be judging. Somebody on the street that looks that way and they're so bad or they're so whatever. I promise you, there's not a person sitting in here that you allow your mind to roam and go, you're not far from it. Because I promise you, you look at every person's life, they don't, nobody was born that way. Nobody was born that way. Everybody, every human being was created in the image of God. But many people were born into very difficult worlds, families, no parents, being thrown around, taken, dropped off all kinds of different places. No, 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 don't don't be judging those type of people. If You've never had conversation with people that are, quote, crazy, you know, let it be the right setting and have somebody else with you or whatever if, it, if that bothers you. But what I've noticed is the conversations that I've had, and many of them I've had in downtown Fort Worth during the Southwest Believers Convention through the years, where they'll stop and they'll try to get money from you, but you can tell, and they're talking all kinds of stuff, you know. And I would just stop them. Man, take a ten-dollar bill out or something to get their attention. Whatever it is, you don't want. You know, I don't, I don't want to give somebody too much money, but but you get their attention with a with a bill because they're in it to try to get people's money out because they feel bad for them or whatever it is, or they're afraid of them or whatever. But in most situations, I'll have to say, many, many times that I've done that on purpose, being led by the Spirit of God. By the time I leave them, I have talked them out, down, and out of the world that, they were, that they're operating in, that, and it's a world of fear. Fear and intimidation, fear of death, fear of destruction, fear of all kinds of things, and they, they operate in that. By the time I'm through with them, because of what I'm ministering to them, they come out of that. Most of the time, those people will have a normal conversation. I'm talking talking about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes of a conversation with somebody like that. Telling them, I'll give you this, but you're going to listen to me. Several of them I've led to the Lord. Others, it it wasn't right to lead them to the Lord, but they got the seed of the Word in them. I don't live in Fort Worth, so there wasn't much I could do for them other than try to get other churches, and, and other churches started dealing with the street people, down, the people like that in, in downtown Fort Worth. But my point is this, what Jesus rebuked and commanded to come out of that guy was somebody in the mind and in the soul that was controlled by the devil literally was controlled by the devil. And the Bible says that when Jesus said that, he came out of him. And that's one account of Jesus dealing with a demon-possessed person, one account. I've seen something similar like that happen in my own life in dealing with someone like that one time. That's just one account. That's not the norm. But what I've seen is, and and I've I've thought this a a number of different times, if the person I was ministering to, if they would stay around me and they would listen to what I said, and they would take what I told them and do something with it, it'd change their life. I don't have to be that way. But you know what? That's people in that world, but it's no different in a world where somebody's not on the street begging for money but still, their minds are not renewed to the truth. You may have all your needs met and everything else, but yet your mind's out of control doing all kinds of crazy things. You can be born again and your mind be out of control, and you will never operate in the authority God wants you in. That's why, that's why what I said just a moment ago. Your true authority lies in your awareness to the living word and not just being aware of the living word but putting the living word to work in your life on a day-to-day basis. That's where the authority comes from. It won't come any other way. Demons will not leave our soul. And I'll I'll just, I'm just going to say this, you can disagree with me on this. But everybody sitting here tonight deals with demonic influence in your soul. Everybody. Or you're, we're going to have to haul you out of here because you're not breathing. I mean, you have to embrace it. How, How many in here, you could raise your hand and say that you are, dealing with something in your life that you're struggling with that you know it's not the will of God in your life. Don't don't, don't raise raise your hand. I want to say this first. Think about it, about what I'm saying, first. And if you can raise your hand and say that that's true, I'm going to say something else to you. So you decide whether you want to raise your hand, but I, I want to see a show of hands. Eric, I saw Eric's hand gone. <laughs> so everybody knows Eric raised his hand, yeah. <laughs> so, raise your hand again. You know, there's something that you, okay, okay. The thing that you know is not necessarily pleasing to God or that God doesn't like, and you want to see that gone, and you know it's not gone yet. Why is it not gone? It's not gone because of the influence of your past, whatever it is, leading up to this point that was influenced by the enemy in one form or another. That's demonic influence, the same demons that he's talking about right here, and their, whole, their playground is the soul, the mind, the mind, will, and emotions. That's what they're after. The Bible says if you bring every thought captive, To the obedience of Christ, the enemy has no power over you, As we've read many times in the last few months out of James chapter 3 and verse 2. A person that controls what they say, knowing that what they're saying is producing something either good or bad in their life, so they're watching what they say, can control the rest of their life, their body, their mind, their actions in every way. When you control what you say, there lies the power. God's given us authority in the earth to overcome and help other people overcome. The story of my friend, I love him. I mean, I've known him, like I said, for 40 years. He's been a good friend to me. He's had some real struggles. And I could have just thought, well, you know, you choosing to go that direction, do that or whatever, just do whatever. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And so there came a day when some things that I saw was happening with him and his family and that kind of thing, that I had made the choice, no, I'm praying for him. And now that I've prayed for them for a number, of different, a number of years, here comes something where he called for me to pray. God, I mean, I, I mean. It's just like, wow, he called for me to pray. Not me praying, well, you know, you need to correct this. And it. No, no, no. People are going to do what they're going to do. And I promise you, you can't change people. But you can pray for people. And your prayers, that Ephesians prayer, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that their eyes of their understanding would be open and enlightened so that they can see what is rightfully theirs. When you pray those things over people, and then the opportunity comes for them to begin to make choices and see great things happen in their life, it'll happen when the word's already working on their behalf out there. Man. Can you say amen to that? So Jesus told that demon, be quiet and come out. In other words, shut up, get out of him. When the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Why was Jesus so effective? Well, he was the Son of God. Well, because of the spirit of God that was on the inside of him because he got baptized. Yeah, yeah, all of that. But what, what, what in the 30 years of developing before Jesus' earthly ministry, he, he was developed in his own personal life. And what was developed was a heart and compassion for mankind. He loved mankind. In spite of, I mean, I mean, everything that he knew by the time his earthly ministry started, as his earthly ministry progressed, he began to realize what it was going to be, what he, was gonna, what he was going through, and what he was going to have to pay, the price he was going to have to pay. I believe that just, I believe that slowly became aware to him over time. And then all the mess that he had to deal with with humankind and on the cross, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. What? They know exactly what they're doing. Look at, look at what they're doing. That, 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 she knows exactly, he knows exactly, come on. No. They didn't know really what they were doing. Because had they known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified him in their anger and bitterness and the things that they were doing it in. They didn't see him as the Messiah, the people with the anger and the bitterness. They didn't see him as the Messiah. So they wouldn't have crucified him in the way that they did. He needed—he had to be crucified to fulfill all the plan of God. But they wouldn't have done it in that anger and, and, and that venom and vengeance. They didn't know what they were doing. I'm just telling you today, most people that do ugly things, they don't know what they're doing. People that treat you ugly or say something to you, they don't don't really know what they're doing. They They know the action they're doing, but they don't really realize what they're doing. And that's why praying for people every day instead of talking ugly about them every day is the liberty for that person, but it liberates you. See, because what it delivers you of is sowing bad seed, talking bad about people that have been created in the image of God. And what it does is it causes the revelation to come to you of the authority that you have in Christ. So what I'm praying is not just something I'm throwing out there, trying to do a good deed. What I'm saying is working out there on their behalf, and I have authority, and when I command it to work, it works. In other words, I have what I say. So, this next verse that I want to read, James 4 7. He said, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You submit to His way, His way of thinking and operating through His Word and the whole process that we teach around here all the time, then you resist. And I, when I taught this before, I got this, this statement, I got this way of thinking about it, and, and, and I wrote it down again, and I want to remind you of this that you submit and you resist, and when I give God His rightful place over me, then I can take my place over the enemy. So so when I'm not submitting to God is when I need to submit. When I'm not submitting to... When you're submitting to God, is submitting to His Word, right? When I'm not submitting to His Word, I'm not submitting to Him, that's the time I need to submit. I need to change what I'm submitting to. If you're not submitting to God and His way of thinking and operating, then you're submitting to something else. And it's in that time when you're not submitting and you become aware of that, you need to change what you're submitting to. And in the midst of me changing what I'm submitting to, faith is rising, authority is rising, my resisting begins to happen in and through my life, and then I have what I say. I resist the enemy, what does he do? He flees. In the the literal Greek, it's defined, I've read it that way, in the literal Greek, that word flee is to run in terror. When I believe the word, and I resist the devil in a situation, he runs in terror. You know why? Because if I believe the word, and I'm speaking his word, then what the devil sees is him. (laughs) He's not not running for me. He's running from the God in me. Because if it's just you... (laughs) We got stories of that and all through the book of Acts. They tried that and it didn't work. And the devil got off on them and it was ugly. I don't want devil on me. I want the devil running in terror from me. Amen? Amen. And running in terror on behalf of my friends that he comes to bully and put in fear like the guy that called me this morning. And all of his family is that way. I, I, I'm not going to even say what the fear is, but you know what the fear is. You're going to go under the knife, and the doctors are always, you know, doctors, are, everybody say doctors are great. I mean, thank God for doctors. Many people would not be here without doctors. Thank God for them. But they, you know, if I, if I was a doctor, I would probably be, I would probably have to tell people the worst things that could happen, like for insurance purposes and those kind of things. So they, they have to do that. So those reports have to come about how bad this could be, right? So the devil takes that and runs with it. And if you've got any any area of fear whatsoever in your life, and those kind of reports come, if you have no word, you need other people praying for you, and you need need to learn how to take the word and begin to put it to work because the, the fear itself can kill you. It can literally take you out, being so afraid of losing your life and all those kind of things. So when my friends get bullied and things like that happen and they come against them, thank God for the authority that we have. Thank God that it's not just about me, but it's about the people around me. And people don't have to give in to this. Can you say amen? Amen. <laughs> So, I want to read this last passage found in Romans four, and starting with verse seventeen. So, when I'm not submitted. Think of it like this, when I'm not submitted in a given situation that, I, that I'm in, I'm not submitted to the Word, it's the Word that brings you into submission. And then the, the devil runs in, in, in terror and in fear. He runs from you. The Word brings you to a place of submission, but it's the Word that you choose to apply that you choose to declare and speak to where you're hearing yourself so that you're changing the way you think. Every time that you become convinced of something in the word and the way the word's way of thinking that removes that much more demonic influence from your soul, your way of thinking. And it brings you into a place of submission, submit to God, resist the devil and he flees. But we've got to we've got to understand that the, the submission, the submission is not something that you try to do, it's something that has to be developed through the word. When you're not in submission, it's only the word that can bring you into submission. I'm talking about a submission that works. Can you say amen? So I want you to see this. This is the story of Abraham in the New Testament one of the places in the New Testament about the story of Abraham. We look in the Old Testament and Father Abe made some huge mistakes, went through some difficult times, had some major unbelief, running rampant through his life for a lot of years, right? But he got it. Thank God, amen? So in the New Testament, when I'm looking at this, this is who I'm connected to. This is my father Abraham. Because he says that's who he is. He's the father of faith. He was the example that set up, one of the examples that set up our heavenly father giving his son. He's one of those examples. As it is written, verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So, when you're speaking, you have something in your body and it's, it has been given a diagnosis and that's the way it is in the natural realm. What Abraham learned to do, and he learned to believe that what was more important than anything else was him declaring the way God saw something instead of the way that it appeared to be. And it says here, who contrary to hope, in hope, He believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Who did he just talk to right then? (laughs) Me. I'm a descendant of Abraham. I'm a descendant of Abraham's faith. I'm actually (laughs) a descendant of his unbelief. (laughs) I had unbelief too. He's a great example of a person that didn't believe and then he believed. Great example. So no matter where we've not believed, thank God, we've got Father Abraham that went before us and he didn't believe and then he believed. So no matter where I've not believed, what's going to bring me into submission to the Word Is the word of God, or submission to God, is the word of God telling me the way that it is and then me calling it that way even when it's not? Now get this. This is what he called. He said, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, at this point, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, And the deadness of Sarah's womb, being around 90, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And this is the guy that didn't believe the promises and had an illegitimate job. This is the guy that lied to the king and almost got them all killed because he was afraid he was going to go after his wife. This is the guy that lied and didn't do what God said a number of different times, and now in the New Testament we're seeing him as this guy of faith. And you know what changed? If you go back in Scripture, you go back it be good for you to read from Genesis 12 through Genesis 20 and read about Abraham, and you know what you'll see in there? Is that about the age of 23 and a half, no, I mean age, at, at, at the time of about 23 and a half years from when God had originally called him and said, you'll be the father of nations, at about 23 and a half years or so, he began to call himself the father of nations. He began to call himself Abraham. His name was Abram. Abraham is father of nations. He began to call himself that, and within about 12 to 14 months, a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman, and this wasn't Holy Spirit Mary's situation, This is a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman like today having intercourse and producing a child because because they believed. Because they believed. Because they believed God. That's pretty much impossible. Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, maybe not even pretty much. In the world we live in, I have to say, that is impossible. But when he began to declare and call himself that, he began to grow strong in faith because he had had about 23 years of a lot of mistakes And a lot of soul searching and realizing, I'm just telling you today, I don't care how long you've been in it or how short of a period you've been in it, what you believe today, you can have just like your father Abraham. Because he called things that weren't. How can you be the father of nations and have no child? And Ishmael didn't count. And the word is, they had more children. That's the word. Some people say that's not true, but I, I've in, so, in some church history, in study of that, they had other children at 92, 3, 4, 101, 2, 3, <laughs> or where, I don't know. I mean, how much more impossible? Man, he, 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 <laughs> he, hit the, he hit the floodgates, huh? His prayers opened some things up and some things happened that in the natural they shouldn't happen. I'm telling you, we have that kind of authority now. No matter what. Who in here tonight There's something physically not right in your body? I don't care what it is. Just stand to your feet. You know there's something that's physically not totally right in your body. Now, as I'm preaching tonight, I saw myself doing this, okay? that's why I'm doing it. I could have you all come down here, lay hands on you, pray, and speak over your, your body. But that's not how Abraham got it. Abraham got it by calling those things which be not as though they were. Is there something wrong with laying hands? Absolutely not, if that's what God says. But what God told me to tell every person standing in here tonight that your healing is in your mouth, it's in what you say day to day, it's in what you're declaring every day that God says in His Word is so. And when that's what I'm see, saying every day, then there are days, even if you're, you're still in pain, you're feeling whatever, you're not declaring the word over yourself to just change whatever you're ailing in right this second. You're changing, you're, you're changing what you're saying over yourself, calling those things that be not as though they were. You're not lying about the fact that you don't have any pain. Yeah, if you have pain, somebody asks you, you tell them, yeah, I have pain. I got a diagnosis from the doctor, this is what the doctor said. You're not lying about it. But when I get the report from the Lord, what I begin to do, if I get a report from the Lord and I've already had the word out there and I'm believing that it's very easy or it's much easier to get into that flow. If I haven't been in that flow on a day-to-day basis and I get the word, kinda like my friend did, I've gotta start now declaring what it says causing my faith to arise, to believing that what I'm saying is really actually coming to pass. I'm saying it to change the way I think, and over time, I'll be in faith. I may feel something. I may feel a pain. No. And all of a sudden, faith is rising on the inside of you, and you're speaking to that thing, commanding it to go. I'm saying to you today that your healing is in your mouth. Everybody standing, calling those things that be not as though they are. To do that, you have to find what the Word says about your situation and declare it. That's what I'm calling as so, even when my body says something different. And I'm just telling you, the results that I've seen... In my own personal life and for other people comes when I, as I have become passionate about my daily routine of that Word and enforcing it every day. Because you slip up on it and you give into it and you get tired of doing that. Anybody ever get tired of doing anything else in life? Absolutely. Just because you get tired of it, don't stop. Even if you're going through your daily confessions on a a specific day and it seems so dry and what am I even, no, do it even more. Do it even more. Let that dryness of the word, man, go to work out there because it will. It's not based on how you feel whether it works or not. Did you hear me? It works. and We have this authority. Every scripture I talked about tonight, talking about the authority that belonged to the disciples. It's all been passed down to us right now this day in 2021 here in Kerrville, Texas, Kerr County, the state of Texas, the United States of America. This authority works right now. Now Just lift your hands, all those of you that are standing. Just lift your hands and just declare this right now. By God's Word, I am healed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, thank Him for it. Everybody in the house, begin to thank God for it. Yes, just begin to thank Him now. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to